0: Get ready for life, the universe, and everything, on the SoulForge. Well, hello, SoulForge friends. This is a special unexpected surprise podcast episode for you. Now, you're aware that the SoulForge podcast is about life the universe, and everything. It's also a place for me to share either personal experiences or experiences of friends or colleagues or other people that I've come in contact with somehow. Well, something exciting happened this week. As you know, I do another podcast called The Rusted Robot, and a famous guy that I know reached out to me this week and asked to be on The Rusted Robot. He has a podcast that he's promoting, and it's coming out this coming week, and he wanted to be on the show to talk about it. Well, it was such a great interview and I had such a good time that I thought I would share it with you folks here. Now what you're going to hear was intended for the Rusted Robot podcast, so it's going to sound like I'm talking to the Rusties, as I call the Rusted Robot folks. It's such a great interview and I had so much fun. I wanted to share it with my SoulForge apprentices, all you good folks. And if you folks could actually share it with all the people you know, that'd be highly appreciated as well. Uh, Larry Nemicek is a Star Trek author. Uh, he's been on web series. He's been around the Star Trek world for years and years. He's a great guy. He, he's been on the Rusted Robot two times before this third time. And uh, so I'm going to share it with you here. I hope you enjoy it. Like I said, the Soul Forge is a very open concept show. And normally the episodes come out on Thursdays, and you're getting a second episode this week on Sunday, because Larry's new podcast is coming out on Tuesday, just a couple days away. So I wanted to uh, get it out there as far and as wide as I could, help Larry out, he's a great guy, great guest. I hope you enjoy what he has to say, what we talked about. It's it's not really a personal thing like uh, most of the episodes are here, but that's the beauty of the Soul Forge, we can talk about anything. We can have any kind of guest, we can do anything. If you guys want to be on the show, send me an email. We can talk about whatever you like. That's the design behind this podcast. So with all that rambly stuff out of the way, why don't we go ahead and we'll dive right into my interview, not really an interview, more of a chat with Larry Namachek. It's about 40 minutes, so it's longer than what you're used to, but it's good and I think you'll enjoy it. So here it goes. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured Channel all right, rusted robot listeners. I have a special treat for you guys now. making his third appearance on the podcast. We have Dr. Trek himself, Larry Nemicick. Hi, Larry
1: woo hey, lucky three okay we have a, We have a ways to get till forty seven but uh we, we we'll, we'll work on it <laughs> uh, hey <laughs> we're getting there, we're getting there so how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, things are things are you know in my life they tend to be too crazy busy, but usually with a good outcome. So oh
0: good, that's good a
1: lot her. of good things. And we have Trek on back on TV finally. The the fallow years are over finally. So. Finally, we waited forever. What what do you actually think of Discovery? I'm good. Well, you know I I'm back and forth, but I overall I love it. And I I know that some of the people who are making it are old are old. I say old old old, old Trek fans. And I mean that with all the love. but uh, it's it's been an interesting show. we can get into this, but it's I think a lot of people don't realize exactly how it's almost been three 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 shows in one. It's almost been, had three evolutions. We laugh about how Star Trek series take three years before they settle down and get good. Yep. and I would I would suggest to people that uh, like measure you know what is that in the discovery years? <laughs> it's only 15 episodes, yeah but it's almost been like if you stretch that out to seven years at 26 Eps a year. It's almost like it's about on schedule. <laughs>
0: I, I think you're right about that. Uh, now, the thing is on, on the Rusted Robot, me, I, I love the show. I think it's fantastic. And my co-host, Josh, he hates it. And he actually stopped watching after episode five. So I, I try to get him to wow. go back. Yeah, he, 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 he anticipated it. He waited for it. And he couldn't stand it. And, and I think it's great because I think they're subverting all the expectations, just like The Last Jedi did.
1: Well, right, and well, here's the thing. So I have reservations about the the visual canon, mainly. Yes. Uh, and I'm fine with the Klingons. I'm all for some species diversity. I think they'll get around to that. I mean, there's there's the reality side of my brain, and then there's the hopeful fanboy side of my brain. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I agree. And
1: the the, the business sided, I know how Hollywood is. You know, here's here's the world, um, and I always hope for a compromise between the two at best, and and if one leans the other way, that's great. But just being on the air is a business decision, right? Yes. But the, the other side of the practicality is is the evolutionary hoops the show has already jumped through and the fact that somewhere along the way the project didn't implode.
0: Mm, yes.
1: You know, which shows – we can get into that. But it shows like the importance of Star Trek and the importance of how CBS was bound determined to launch their all-access service and how it just happened to be Star Trek was what made sense to launch it, just like it made sense to launch UPN with Voyager. That's right. But uh, but yeah no I love the show I love the way it's evolving I think that's the part. I think when this is all said and done and we look back at it in hindsight rather than the valleys between the peaks like right now we're in the show to show to show moment uh, which is annoying and I think three fourths of our discussion you know will go away just like it would have with any other show except this is the first show of the social media era so the discussion in between shows seems. A thousand times bigger than it ever did for next generation or even enterprise yes, because it because it is <laughs> right because we're we're right in the midst of it, so we can't see the bigger picture well, and we have a million channels we have Twitter and Facebook and we have podcasts and we have all of this mm-hmm. you know air noise air time online time to talk about it and it just feels like it's more than it was oh in the next gen days or the rerun days when you would talk about it with four or five of your closest friends, right or you would get on a message board. And maybe ten or twenty other people were talking, and that seemed like a ton of people. Yeah, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, but no, we're watching the whole world fly by talking about discovery, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It is uh, in the big picture, and there's a lot of little wrinkles to this. But no, basically, I'm I'm loving it. I think it's bending. And I've heard. I've talked to some a couple of the writers. Uh, it's bending our way, their way. It's just been a. It's just been kind of a, a raging. <laughs> it was like a, a, a runaway freight train, not a runaway freight train, but a freight train that was headed to one destination. They decided to tilt it toward another, slightly different one, and you know what that means. So, but it's mainly the visuals. I'll say this: mainly, you know, the touchscreen consoles, the Hall of Viewers, some of those things that make you sound like a ticky, a, a techie little nerd. Right, but, yeah. but but it is canon. If you're going to say Prime, there are those things. The Klingon look, I'm fine. I say species diversity. We just had the Tellarites and Andorians this last weekend, and I guess the world was breathless about what I thought of the Tellarites. <laughs> but uh, and I was okay with it because, on one hand, this is supposed to be mirror universe and ragtag rebelli, yeah,
0: you know, for sure, everything. it is.
1: And uh, no one since day one on Journey to Babel has done the hard snouted Tellarites like I would prefer, except for what we did on what we what I did on um, the Phase Two New Voyages vignette that I got to play a Tellarite in. But it's all good. It's all good. I'm just glad to see them there. I hope I, I have this gut feeling that the more the discovery is on, mm-hmm. the more it will be the show that most people want to see.
0: I think so too. It, we We just have to give it a chance. Let it breathe and grow.
1: yeah, but my I mean, my biggest, and I think this will come out. I think it's coming out between the lines now, but it's also what I've been told. and it's it's there in the record. I just you know it's one thing to know facts. It's another thing to realize what they mean. And it, just like it's one thing to say. this is going to be a streaming show fifteen episodes. Standalone shows, but they're all in a 15-chapter arc, and it's streaming once a week. And it's one thing to hear all that, and it's been 12 years since the last Trek was on TV, and the world has changed. Storytelling and TV and big TV, peak TV, cinema, event TV is a thing now. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to experience all of that. And see what it means, well, aside from the intellectual yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I think we're still in the middle of that. People are still absorbing what all of those different tenets mean. There's more here than just the trek. There's a lot going on and and everybody who was brought up on the just like all the original series people, there's a lot of the original series people never started watching Next Gen. Exactly. For one reason or another. And we're in that same kind of but then eventually it all blends together and people see it as one big, you know, box on the shelf. So a True. set of I in the show. Yeah, I think we're
0: in the third age of Star Trek, is what we're, we're where we are.
1: Ooh, that sounds like it needs a little brass plaque.
0: Okay, <laughs> I think so because you know we the had the third
1: age of Star Trek.
0: Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true because we had the original series, and then we had Next Gen to Enterprise, and then it uh, sat dormant for a dozen years, and here it is again. Third time's a charm. Right.
1: Well, and eighty, and and we've it's funny because I I got so used to saying you know modern TV Trek versus the original. And you can't say that now, and it seems like the term that's popped out, I mean, I've said it a few times, and I heard other people say it, so I don't know who who gets credit if credit is even doable. But the Berman era is kind of funny to hear, 87 to 05.
0: That's right. That's my my Trek. I I like TOS, but I wasn't around for it. I was born 10 years after it uh, started, so it's not really my Trek, although I love it. I love it all, so.
1: What's not really your Trek? Well, the TOS, because I wasn't alive for that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been alive for a lot of things. No, when you say it's not really yours, you mean you you watch it, but it doesn't resonate, no, or you it, mean you just can't, no, you can't know it the way it is, the trek that you grow that you experience firsthand. Exactly. Nothing else can ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I was what 11 years old in 1987 when it. Uh when the next generation oh, okay. premiered. And I was there when Deep Space Nine came on and Voyager and Enterprise and when you were waiting week to week to week and there was crossovers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And people who watch it now for the first time, they don't get that. That the, the nuances right. is gone.
1: You were you were there for Best of Both Worlds summer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well that's you know, that's it see that's that is the thing. For a long time the only gap was between people who saw the original series well there you know there was primetime NBC original series and then there was rerun the rerun baby era which was different that was different and that's what I am I'm a, I always said I'm a rerun baby so you know the the 10-15 years of just even when the movies were running you mm-hmm. still again that was two hours every two years and it's not like you gave up watching the original series just because the movies were coming out in in 79 and 82 and 84 and which is what built up to the next generation. The demand finally grew to the next generation being a viable economic, you know, audience demand thing. Yes. But for so long, the only gap was, were you an NBC primetime watcher, or were you a, you know, after school kid that watched it at, you know, four or five every day after school, or at six in the evening before, you know, and. And that was the two dynamics. And then when Next Gen started, and a lot of people dropped out of active fandom or their life changed, and they were still a big Kirk, Spot, McCoy, 60s fan, movies, but they didn't keep up with all those shows that are on. <laughs> no, that's know, right. Which is amazing. But but then in turn, those shows, starting with Next Gen, the the original audience it was ten times bigger than it had never been for the original series, which itself was huge and was the first. Dead show to, to, to be resurrected as a movie and then dead show to come back is not just a crappy little tacked on, you know, bananas of the next generation, but actually a thought out, we spent bucks on this, you know, concept for a show and a wider universe and a franchise and creating all these terms before they were buzzwords the way they are now with, you know, the Marvel DC or Marvel the DC universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of these things that are concepts now, and Star Trek was just doing because people wanted that, mm-hmm. and it made sense. And yes, there's two series and a movie on now. You know, as icing on the cake. Again, it's all part of the stuff that Star Trek pioneered, and now it's like textbook case. But back then, Star Trek was doing it because nothing else had ever affected people that way That's right. and moved people that way. And people weren't media savvy and media available the way they are you know, ongoingly. Nothing else could sell VHS tapes and then DVDs. <laughs> it's true. You know, like Star Trek, nope. right? You're right. So, so you know, what had there been? I mean, you had rock, you know, you had movie stars occasionally, hyper stars and and rock bands. You know, you had Elvis and the Beatles, and before that, you had you know Bing Crosby and and uh, Rudy Valley and Rudolph Valentino in the twenties. I mean, the media age, you would have a spike with a superstar, but they were always individually focused, and not, not until Star Trek did you have a, and Shatner, Nimoy aside, maybe. Did you have like a, a a concept like this that's done this? So anyway, and now it wrote the book, and now it's no big deal. and We have comic cons every other weekend, you know, at yeah. every town of 500 or more people. But yeah, it's it's changed. So this is so Discovery. The Gulf going into Discovery has been a paradigm shift in a lot of ways, and it's people act like, and I love the Orville too. Oh, for sure. People it's- act like the Orville is their refuge to get their trek, and I'm like, it's true. It's so. A- it's you know, it's that's fine. That's wonderful, that's fine, that's what it's for, although I think Seth MacFarlane is aiming for a little bit more than that, and maybe Fox isn't happy with him trying to aim for a little more than that. But yeah, I just think a lot of the stuff is we have to marinate, But if older fandom and veteran fandom is the noisier, louder one because they know all the ropes and the channels, the JJ fans it's been ten years now almost, but the JJ mm-hmm. fandom and the and the Discovery fans, the people who are who are coming in with those Yep. Maybe quieter now, unless they've grabbed the channel somewhere and, you know, got the mic or got the mouse and they're talking into it. <laughs> but um, I think they'll eventually very quickly be heard if they're not being heard already. Maybe, maybe, you know, YouTube stars and podcasters and, and Twitter channels are giving them a voice right now. But I think the old, I mean, older fandom always overlooks the newer fans coming into their peril. I, I think so. They- I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think it's, it's something I'm very intrigued with. I want to listen, really listen, because it's this time. It's not just the con, it's not just the subject matter and the way the show discovery is done, but it's realizing that we're we're in the streaming age, we're in the you know premium channel, the binge watch age, and people, if they're first time coming to Trek, even if they're watching an old series, they're experiencing it totally differently. Than the way everybody has up till now, just because of technology and media, and and the idea that even streaming, that that Discovery is coming out once a week, that's almost like a throwback notion. That's kind of cute. <laughs> so it's like in the middle of everything else being so accessible. I like it that the, the the streaming kids are having to get Discovery once a week, and it didn't just, which I knew they wouldn't do that. It didn't just drop a whole se- which would have been a whole waste, right? Like, on, like
0: Netflix, yeah.
1: On yeah, like on on online demand time. And, and you know, all the buzzword, all that would have been lost if they mm. hadn't done it a week at oh. a time. But so anyway, it's a nice throwback to them um, getting it that way. Which see older fans don't even think about it. No, exactly. But, but, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, you There's need... so many there's so much cool stuff about right now. Mm-hmm. People who are like narrowly focused on that's why I have my fanboy bits like, oh, Hall of Viewers, eh but then the producers are saying, We hear you, we hear you, things are gonna happen and, and you when you factor in mirror universes and Universe jumping and maybe somewhere we've been prime adjacent or we've been mirror adjacent and we're not really in. You know, there's yeah. all that stuff. So until they say that right. and move ahead with a second season, what's the point? Aside yeah. from
0: you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're not in the prime timeline to begin with,
1: and they never were. Yeah, what say it again? I wouldn't be surprised if they were never in the prime timeline to begin. with. They were never in the prime. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. If they were like prime adjacent or something.
0: Yeah, just slightly off.
1: Yeah, and they pop in and they have subdued palette velour like pike and. <laughs> yes. Although you know, uh, David Allen Mack has already tried to retcon things and smooth, gap fill uh, gap smooth a little bit there and and say that only the Constitution class ships had those style uniforms. So. Yeah,
0: I, I, I haven't read the book, but I've read reviews on it, so I'd like to get my hands on that.
1: But I think I think when the time goes by, we'll look back at this first season of Discovery, and realize it. Time will show. How it really went th- went through, you know, the, the Brian Fuller startup, and then the transition between the Brian Fuller team and the eventual team under Aaron and Gretchen, and then when they had they were free, they were free and clear to maneuver. Yes, <laughs> you know, that's, that's clear right. and free to maneuver, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was like space. It was docked, then in space dock, and then now it's out going through uh, warp maneuvers, and um, so that's why I'm really excited to see after the break. What they come back with for their second season.
0: But yeah, that's that's going to really show what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Other than uh, Star Trek Discovery, I- I'm sure you have other things going on. Yeah. Well, did uh, did I hear you say something about a, a podcast? Uh, actually, that's true. I, I did. Uh, now you you know that uh, the the Rusted has been going on for four years and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you this is your third time on it. Last summer, what I did was I started a new podcast called the Soul Forge Podcast oh okay uh, it's not a geeky thing it's more uh personal stories and uh growth and progress and i don't have a lot of listeners what i should have done was actually gone on other podcasts and spread the word
1: well you can still do that
0: oh i can still do that and i think spreading the word by uh interviews with other people is a good idea do you think that's something that you would
1: like to do one day maybe start up your own podcast well, how about this, Sean? Tell me. How about we start right now? Okay. <laughs> what, what, what do you got for us? What I got for you is take, take a look at this. Fancy you should say that because uh, January 23rd, and people will be hearing, you know, in the future, if you're listening to this as an archive, you'll know already. But no, I uh, Rod Roddenberry came to me um, oh, okay. after years and years. Of, you know, I love coming on your show, on other shows, uh, other podcasts. But years ago, when the podcast boom started, I thought to myself, "Should I jump in and host my own?" Yes, the answer is and, yes, and the answer is yes. Well, I really, there were so many by then. There were lots of good ones, and many, many more—not maybe not so good ones. Uh, but a lot, you know, good or bad, a lot of people are analyzing shows. They're talking about current events, or they're doing both, or they're looking at pro- whatever it is. I didn't just want to throw my podcast on the pile. I didn't just want to be more Samo same-o. same-o. Well, I had a couple of ideas, but I knew they were gonna be you know a little more involved. So I and I had plenty of other things grabbing my time.
0: You're a busy guy. What do you what do you what do you have going on?
1: Yeah, well I mean my documentary, The Con of Wrath, that I've been you know trying to wrap up now after six, seven years here. We've just been doing it a little bit at a time, which was the plan, mm-hmm. but now we're landing that. And launching my Portal forty seven
0: 47.
1: 47. 47. 47. 47. 47. No! Fan experience business, which, you know, again, my thing is I was lucky enough to, I mean, I was a fan, I got to write The Next Generation Companion, moved to LA, experienced so much of the Berman era uh, and after uh, from a front row seat my wife worked on Voyager I helped launch star trek.com um, you know worked on the experience at Vegas and' I've been lucky enough to be a convention guest and convey a lot of the firsthand witness you know trek experiences that I've had to people and bit had a hand in on creating some of them mm-hmm and uh, just knowing the people and, and keeping an archive of somebody doing so many inter- end-of-year interviews that I've got, their audio, and now switching over the last few years to video. But so much of that recorded and firsthand experience and just knowing people and having people's trust. And so much of that has not been out in the general. I mean you can only do so much with uh, – even you know convention appearances and interviews and, mm-hmm. and DVD extras, that only still is scratching the surface of – of the amount you get with some people, and even the people, right? And um, that's what Portal Forty Seven is all about. Our, our, you know, I say our, where no savvy fan has gone before. You know, when we, <laughs> your in-depth guide to more backstage Trek, like a mini con all year long from wherever you are, that we do over over the internet and live. But even then, there's so many more angles of Trek to, to get out there, and so. You know Rod Roddenberry is is running the family's legacy there, yes. and they donated a lot of papers to the UCLA archives. Like Nick Meyer has a lot of his papers at his alma mater, at the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. My good friend John Tenuto and his wife are going in and doing a lot of research out of Nick Meyer's papers there. Oh, uh, not a lot is coming out other places, but a little last summer, Rod Roddenberry and John Champion who.
0: Mission Love podcast.
1: Right, right, uh, which is the was the flagship Roddenberry uh, podcast, and they've since taken on a couple of other ones that were already in existence. That's true. But they came to me and said, uh, Rod said, I want to do something with, we've got even more of my dad's papers and files and letters and memos and things that are still not in an archive yet. They soon will be, but I want to get them out in the world in a new way. And uh, he and John and then me in the mix later, came up with the idea for drum roll the trek files the trek files is that a new (laughs) podcast that is a new podcast yes thank you for asking are you going to host that i'm going to host that no kidding Um, when does that come out they asked me to do this we've been working on it but it will debut january 23rd so if you're hearing this later on it's out there very simple it's under the, pod, the Roddenberry Podcast Network wing. Roddenberry Podcasts. You can go to podcast.roddenberry.com and subscribe or, or find the way. You know your your podcatcher of choice is in there, iTunes and all the rest. Uh, it's also um, like Mission Log. It's also on the uh, Trek FM network and feed. They carry it too. We may wind up a few more places. Wow. But it's very it's very simple. It's 15 minutes every week. Comes out on Tuesdays. It'll be out, yeah, once a week. And myself and a guest are pulling one document out of the pile. It might be one page. It might be twenty. We have a little highlight section, but we talk about it. Okay. Uh, We in the context of its own time, in media, in Star Trek's development, in Gene Roddenberry's life. Oh wow. And in the or in the people, you know, some things are from Gene, some things are to Gene. Oh, okay. So it's who was involved? What was this? What was going on with this tale? And you know, they're from the '60s. They're from the '70s, like mm. all the movies that were trying to happen didn't happen. And they're from the '80s. Wow. So in all the fallow time then, and you know, when Gene was a little on the outs, when Harv was running the movies and he was trying to find his footing. And then and then was given the keys back again with Next Generation, but his health was failing. Yes, you know and he only was around for two or three years, so um, four years actually. So there there are pieces from all of that era. Okay. And um, we start off with a piece that's not so rare, but Rod wanted us to start with uh, the original pitch for Star Trek because there's a, se- a section in there that is relevant to, to today. So I hopefully like- everything we do is is. Fun for history's sake, but is Mm -hmm. shedding light on people just coming to Star Trek, just coming in from the JJ movies or from even, you know, Discovery. In fact, we have another piece that is very much from um, the 80s going into Next Generation, but I fell off my chair because it spoke directly to a verbatim line in the pilot for Discovery. Oh, wow. Okay. We have another piece that is going to make history. Uh, mm-hmm. I predict uh, that we'll have because I had no idea. Another, another document we found, I had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. And it will have the truck world abuzz for ages. I mean, what? we'll we'll have headlines for it. So I'm really excited about the whole series. And oh, I'll shut up. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I just have. I just I'm have, so excited. I know. Me too. I have some questions. Sure. Are 15 minutes going to be enough per episode for these? No, 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 no. Not. I'm sorry. My okie okay got in the way there. One five. 15. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's only 15, oh, 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, as you're finding out now, reminding, and as all my hosts over the years that have had me as a guest will remind will remind me, they're saying I don't believe it.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, no, we, we do. Here's the thing. If something is – if a document is big enough that it deserves more attention, we split it. We have multiple episodes.
0: Okay.
1: So – but sometimes we have something that's just a page. Sometimes we have some really simple – some really simple things on the surface, mm-hmm. but that they are they kind of unlock. We have a cute little letter that, that Rick Berman wrote to Gene soon after they got acquainted, before Rick was a producer, when they were developing The Next Generation. Ah. Uh, some really simple moments, but it's like, what do they lead to, right? right what now. What's the little glimpse we get into Gene's world and the Trek world, into the world of TV and or media in the 60s, or the 70s, okay. or the uh,
0: Next question. How many episodes do you have in the can already?
1: We've got uh, 12 or 16. We've got a lot. Yeah. We've had this – we were working on this in the summer and the fall, and I – originally the idea was to debut in the hiatus break for Discovery.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you know we wouldn't have to compete for attention, right? Uh, And then we had the holidays to dodge around a little bit. So the ducks all finally came in a row for now. We let Discovery get back out there and Mm let everybody get that excitement out of their veins. So hopefully there's – a little bit of space out there in the bandwidth, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there are, people, there are. People, there is. people to take notice here. So thank you for thank you for doing this.
0: You're welcome. And I have one final question about the podcast.
1: Uh huh. You
0: said you're each episode you're going to be talking to a guest.
1: I was going to say yes.
0: Okay. So we yeah go ahead. Uh, first of all, is it a different guest every week? And second, can I be one of them eventually? <laughs>
1: Well, let me see. We we're the, we're doing since it's only 15 minutes. It's very it's it's a great format to have guests. And so we're doing everything in batches.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: this first round of shows, uh, maybe even a couple dozen shows, uh, episodes. We've um, I've had three guests, but each one has done four or five episodes. So uh-huh. John has been my guest for several. In fact, he's my guest on the first three. But then after that, there's a mix. So Dave Rossi. Who is started as a fanboy page at Paramount, a PA on the shows, and wound up being Mary Howard's assistant and then Rick Berman's assistant, mm-hmm. his, uh, his guy for licensing projects, and uh, finally an associate producer on Enterprise and uh, was one of the producers with the Akudas on the, the uh, original series remastered project oh, when okay. they pre-readed things and had a lot of decision-making and input there, and a good friend. He's a guest, and then here's a name you may have heard, Dorothy Fontana.
0: I have heard. D.C. Fontana, yes.
1: D.C. Fontana was kind enough to come over and sit with us through four or five episodes and oh, comment on some relevant pieces.
0: That's amazing. I can't wait to subscribe to this.
1: So, yeah, and of course, it's a podcast. It's it's a freebie. Again, uh, podcast.roddenberry.net, and that will point you to places, but also the, the real-life living hub it's just uh, the Trek Files on Facebook. So like That's it on Facebook. Where, yes, like it on Facebook and then go there every Tuesday. And here's the deal. The document that we talk about is also there. We scan those. Each week, the new document of the week will pop up at the same time the episode does. So people can go read it, download it, follow along with us, read it ahead of time, if it's, whether it's several pages or it's one page. Um, which is going to be very cool, so you know the Rodberry Rodberry's been putting out document dumps at times they watermark things and are getting a lot of archives out there putting scripts out, that kind of thing. So this is you know in that manner, but these are just at our page. These will be the docs for that week and then that'll be the place to comment on the episode after. So it's all centralized it's all in one easy peasy place to oh that's to go to. Perfect and, and I'm guessing there are so many documents you could do this for ten lifetimes. Just about right. <laughs> right, And like I said, the pilot, the pilot show, the episode one, is not a rare piece. In fact, if you call your, I don't care what generation you came in, if you don't eventually get around to reading our first document, uh, I want to rip the little name, the little Star Trek name badge off your resume, <laughs> right, <laughs> off, right off your shirt, off your uniform, uh, yeah, off your uniform. Uh, it's Gene's original pitch back in '64. Oh, I'm sure I've read it. I must but, have. But, but of course you have. And anybody that was in the was an original era fan who had uh, Stephen Whitfield's pose making of Star Trek classic book, that um, he it's not verbatim, but he he reprinted so much of the original pitch in there. Mm-hmm. But Rod wanted us to start off the show. Rod's executive producer. Good. and he's not you know he's not he's guiding he's not actively giving notes back he did on the first few episodes just to make sure we're on the same voice and we were pretty much there Like,
0: like but he does he, with yeah.
1: like he does with mission log like he does with mission log mm-hmm. like he does with discovery yeah uh as an executive producer but uh he wanted us to start with a specific highlighting a specific segment in that pitch which underlies what all all real uh, as much as fans love to talk about oh it's not true Star Trek that's not Star Trek Here's what Star Trek is, as much as anything what underlies the Star Trek notion and and actually speaks to our times once again just in, in a broad cultural sense. So I thought it was – I mean I – you know, it's really funny. After all these years, it's a two-sided coin. About five, ten years ago when I was – you know when when the world kind of blew up, when when Viacom divorced <laughs> and the Berman era ended mm-hmm. and the, fa- the Decipher and the fan club that I had been working with, Communicator Magazine – all but went bankrupt, and they dropped their license. And everything I had known, the people I had worked with, everything went topsy turvy. And on top of that, the internet and the digital revolution was happening, and we didn't work with dead tree media anymore, right? And mm-hmm. business models, and all of that, everything was upended. It's like, well, what, what now? And I was trying to find my 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 way back. Everything was everything was topsy turvy. And uh, anyway, it, it's since that recovery has come back. I I thought at the time. Maybe this is the time that I should shift gears. Maybe I should go sell shoes. Maybe I should get back into journalism, although journalism was as it was known was on its last legs. And I didn't I thought that everybody had heard everything. I I thought it's been 20 years, it's been 30 years. People have heard all these stories. They know all this stuff. And what what the, you know, the internet is coming along. Things are online now. Memory Alpha was starting to come along by then. Wikipedia Nobody needed me or anybody else to tell them what had been happening, and what was amazing was I realized really quickly that after I yelled at some of the headlines I'd see on the news sites, like, this isn't news. This is 20 years old, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. We have so many new fans coming in every year, even if it's all on the internet, and it's not, Mm -hmm. that uh, you can't possibly – by the time you talk to every single person involved backstage with Star Trek who had a hand in it. Um, that's – it's a drop in the bucket. It's a, Exactly. It, it's, there's just a tiny fraction of what's even available, much less if people actually go deep dive through what's on the internet, right? Oh, that fraction sure. that is there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, oh, I get it. I get it. This is new to tons and tons of people, millions and millions of new fans, thousands of fans every year coming along, and I went, okay, and it was very gratifying to have people – Say, oh, my when I first started doing podcasts and going, oh, my God, I thought, oh, I'm going to tell all my stories and I'll be out before I've ever done anything with them. And a that hasn't happened. But <laughs> people saying, I, you know, I could just listen to you for hours, Larry, which is scary to think about. But but that was very gratifying. And it dawned on me that we have all these newer, younger, not just even younger, but newer fans mm-hmm. who weren't around or, or didn't have the firsthand, like we were saying earlier, the firsthand experience of. Anybody can go – I realized this with the European fans, and now it's everybody. We have a whole – eventually the original series fans will all be passed. Yeah. Eventually the next-gen DS9 Voyager Enterprise fans will be passed, mm-hmm. the people who saw things week to week originally. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to watch all the young fans and new fans say, shut up, you people bashing Discovery. I finally have my own Trek that I can watch every week. Exactly. You're, Your one friend notwithstanding. So, you know, it's a whole mix of those people. And I realize that there's a lot of good still to be done, you know, the show trivia proper, but also the context of the show and the times and the people behind it and whether they're still with us or whether they're not and whether they've been heard from or not and deserve to be heard from. And the further back you go, I don't care if you were the second assistant janitor for craft service. If you were there and knew people and could talk about them and make them come alive for us today, from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s, uh, that's valuable. That's valuable in all all these aspects. And I, yeah, so that's kind of what I that's what Trekland is all about for me. So doing this podcast is a way to bring a little bit of that in little capsulefuls, little nuggets for people, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know show a little bit about what Gene and the people he work with reveal a little bit more of that too.
0: I think it's a wonderful endeavor. I, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm going to download it every uh, – I wish it was more than once a week.
1: <laughs> now, Sean. Now, Sean. There's plenty going on out there. I, I hear they're even doing a new Star Trek show now. So you know. Oh, I, I heard something about that. <laughs> but no, and, and, and it gets back to the point of I said I didn't want to do a show on my own. I still have my, my other main idea I want to do, and we hopefully we'll start working on that now. But when Rod came to me with this idea and John worked on the format, I was like I'm there we can do several at a time we can have guests we can get out new I'd say new content because always sounds like dog food to me like <laughs> oh, here's, here's another can of content right. but we can we can open up so many new facets and insights for people that I've never seen before much less other people oh yeah and and add that to the tapestry of what's there and and just you know just add that in so my own little personal goal of Not having just more same old, same old, hearing one more person talk about one more old thing. It's – well, we are. (laughs) But hopefully it's all kinds of new old things. So new angles, new insights, new – It'll be new new for somebody. Yes, yes. I see. I need to keep telling myself. All of this is new for somebody, which is which is wonderful.
0: And, and you know what the thing is? Even even if I've watched an episode of Star Trek 10 times, I'll watch it 12 more times. I, I may have heard the story once. I'll hear it 10 more times. I, I love hearing it. And I think I'm like most Star Trek fans. And everybody just wants to soak it up and get as much as they can, even if they've heard it before.
1: And you just remind me of something else. You know what? The, the coolest thing is watching an, an episode for the 10th or 12th time and still finding something new.
0: Because you do. I have.
1: Yeah, even if it's just you happen to your eye notices it's original series and oh my god there's a piece of duct tape sitting where the red, bridge red rail, somebody forgot to take it off when right. they filmed, right? Yeah. Somebody I saw a clip just uh, today or somebody somewhere on some site had a had a frame grab. It wasn't something special. It was just Riker, but it was a rear angle on the on the D bridge where they're up against the aft stations looking forward, mm-hmm. and up on the ceiling piece there's like a black square. Ah. And somebody said, I wonder what that is. And my first thought was, that's hidden. That's an angle you never see. It's very high. That was probably some kind of a mounting bracket for light because they were always notoriously having to deal with lighting on that bridge. And ah. then Voyager, Voyager and DS9, they started building in the set design included you know, lighting things. And I saw somebody down below had taken the time to write to Marvin or Dan Curry or somebody who was online. Before I had a chance to, and they said it's a mounting bracket for a light instrument. Nice. <laughs> but you know, what? but that's exactly what I mean. We'll never. There'll always be questions, and the race for answers and understanding. And you know, the years go by, and we don't have a lot of the creators with us forever.
0: Well, that's right. So,
1: so you know, and and it's so easy. Your first any fan of anything, the shiny bright faces out front are who you glom onto because that's that's obvious. That's what sells the show. That's what makes it come alive. And we love the actors, but. When you get to a certain point in your fandom, you realize there's so much more beyond what you're going to glean from the actors in an interview, Mm -hmm. seeing them on stage, live, and you love them. And they're the charismatic machines, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. But the overall depth of Star Trek is going to come from the writer. The writer's producers are just the first step, and then all the creative designers below that. And then when you're really at that level and you just enjoy, you, then you're watching the extras in the background that don't get any credit and don't you don't hear them talk, mm-hmm. you know. And you get to that level of the stunt people and and all of that. And um, and that's what I love doing. And that's what you know, Trekland. And that's especially what you know Portal 47 is about. And and the Trek Files is another little way we can, another angle we can bring bring that out. And again, it's something that I don't think is out there anywhere. So I really appreciate Rod and and John coming to me and asking me to do this. So.
0: Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's terrific. It's uh, a deep dive behind the scenes. I, I can't wait to devour all the episodes. Just, so just to reiterate, all the stuff that you're doing, where can people find all that stuff?
1: All the stuff. The best place, I guess, is still LarryNimichek.com, my website. Okay. And, uh, you know, you can get to Portal 47 there. You can get to my store. You can get to the Con of Wrath that we're trying to wrap up now in, or in our post time. And at Larry Nimichek on Twitter, which is the same as my YouTube channel, and at Larry Nimichek's Trekland is my Instagram, yay. I have, oh, and I also have a little thing, I don't know, it's not widely been out there, but every week on Facebook, again, I have what I call Facebook, uh, Trekland Tuesdays live on Facebook. So if you go to my Larry Nemechek's Trekland hub page on Facebook, I do a a 15 minute or so live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Okay. So four Eastern, and it's there for the Europeans to get it at, uh, at what nine and
0: nine and ten. I yeah,
1: think. nine and ten. Yes. So nine in the UK and ten in the continent. And um, anyway, it's just ten fifteen minutes. It's live. People can yell back at me. I have a I have an offbeat topic, and my B story every week is um, is following along the Parrot Analytics, which is a metric for measuring the uh, online expressions of of discovery and all the streaming shows that don't have actual Nielsen you know hard viewer, viewer data but it's one wow. apples to apples way to compare week to week and show to show what's going on with discovery and uh, that's a lot of fun. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about that so um, I had somebody you know put me on to watching but anyway, but that's on Tuesday's Facebook one o'clock Pacific Trekland Tuesday's live you just go to my page and then they're archived so you can watch the old ones but they're oh, they tend to be topical. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm kind of reacting to what's gone on in the Trekverse, but again, I'll kind of like just brush aside and talk very briefly. If if we're all if everybody's consumed with dropping the f bomb that week, or they're all consumed <laughs> with, you yeah. know, uh, what is. the Andorians and Tellarite looks like, whether good, bad, or indifferent, I'll kind of talk about that. But I always try to step back and take a bigger picture look at at some aspect. Um, you know and then maybe talk about something i'm doing too or or mm-hmm. where they overlap but anyway i invite everybody to come in and join and be, if you're there live you know pop in and make a comment and i'll try to say something if i see it going by
0: perfect i, I love that idea you're yeah. uh, you're so you're going to be the king of the 15 minutes
1: <laughs> well sometimes the facebook live stretches to maybe 18 or 19 but well sure <laughs> yeah but on the trek files uh, john keeps me honest okay john's basically like kind of quasi directing The Ah. shows while we're there so uh no we we stay pretty honest with Trek files
0: okay sounds good i'm looking forward to it good thanks thank you you're welcome and i can't wait to have you on uh, for a fourth time in the future once uh you have another project or you're wrapping something up or you have something else to promote we'll have you on again
1: well thank you sean thanks a lot and uh yeah and we're all just watching discovery i know it's funny as all the writer producers they're working right now as we speak on the second season That's one thing about the streaming format. The the time lag is so off. With the old shows, like 26 a year, I wouldn't even try to talk to anybody until they were basically done with the year, Mm -hmm. and they would know that even though there were a few left to air, we were basically done. And um, even though I was brought, in, you know, I was pretty trusted insider all those years. I was working on the companion book and and afterwards. And and but the time lag now is so off that even though a lot of them appreciate me, I don't think they're comfortable. <laughs> and uh, CBS, you know, the the whole nature of this with the serialized streaming focus and the fate of a whole new corporate entity riding on Discovery, yeah. they are so hyper, you know, uh, tight fisted. Plus, we, they have the After Trek show, and right. you know, and it's. it's Again, it's all these aspects that we've kind of slid into them whether we were Trek fans or not with social media and you know after th- uh, uh what are the after shows for Game of Thrones and you know the walk the talking dead and yeah,
0: all those ones yeah
1: all the now it's a thing right the after show is a thing and I'm glad to see Trek representing Marin there and they're holding into that but uh mm-hmm. it's social media so it's a new landscape but even given all that it's it's wacky to know that Waiting for the shows to air to talk to them that their their memories are already, you know, fuzzing out, especially yeah. on this front end when it went on for like a year and a half instead of a shorter period, right? True. Right. The R and D for Discovery, I mean, and through from Brian to the transition to mm-hmm. what well, it took a long time to get out. Right. And we'll have and you know the statute limitations, <laughs> will of the on people's comfort zones or contractual obligations will eventually that'll eventually dissipate and yeah. and we'll have more of that more of that come out as it goes along but uh, not for the gossip factor but just we just are curious how and why things are that at least i am we want to know the way i've always been the nuts and bolts yeah yeah Yeah. when i had the keys to the communicator magazine that's what i did when i have a book that's what i did And, and we live in a time now like i said everything blew up and it was like go west young man and start your own platform and brand and media so since the late aughts and that's that's what i've tried to do and um So thank you for helping me do a little more of that. Let let the word out a little more. My pleasure. I'm always happy to
0: help. Command codes verified.
1: So that was a lot of fun. Could have kept
0: talking to him for hours. But, uh, you know, it's life. We all have things to do. And he had more interviews to do and uh, more promotions to get out there. But that's uh, something that I wanted to help him with. And I hope you'll check out the Trek files. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. I don't know what we'll be talking about, but it's going to be exciting. So just stay tuned for the Soul Forge. Check your feed. Make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss any episodes. So thanks again for hanging out. And remember, find what you love and let it kill you. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Contact the show by emailing soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or by tweeting soulforgepod on Twitter. Visit us at soulforgepodcast.com and remember, the best way to show your support is by leaving a five-star review in the iTunes store. And, if you would, please check us out and like us on Facebook. The Soulforge Podcast was written, produced, scored, edited, engineered, and directed by Sean Vanderloo. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. For more great content, you can listen to my other podcast, The Rusted Robot. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. I could do this all day. This has been a Valley of Vanderloo podcast production, all rights reserved.
1: This transmission ends now.